Should your client's retirement planning integrate with the benefit advisement you do for them today? And what does that mean for your bottom line? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. How can you be the first to know about each week's podcast and get on the list for special listener-only content? It's simple. Go to shiftshapersonline.com and click the subscribe button. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're privileged to be talking with Michael Girali. Michael is the managing principal of HR Solutions. He's also the co-author of a fascinating book called What You Don't Know About Retirement Will Hurt You. And before you start thinking, well, I'm a benefits guy and I'm not really doing the retirement thing, I think you'll want to stay tuned because you'll be surprised at how much overlap and interest there is and where things intersect. And with that preamble, welcome, Michael. Thank you, David. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Let's start with this. What's the most important thing that baby boomers and their advisors don't know? Well, I think it's really factoring healthcare in to their overall retirement planning. And the, you know, we, we see it discussed kind of on a generic basis, but we see very few plans where advisors are actually forecasting healthcare costs, helping individuals to understand the interaction between their income and those healthcare costs, which is specifically relates to Medicare. And then the other thing is really helping employees ahead of time prepare for this. You know, most individuals are waiting till they're 64 and nine months and they start receiving all that information on Medicare to really start thinking about it. So that that really, from what we see, those are the things that are being missed. And we think from the financial advisor side, a lot of it is just because they're not used to dealing with healthcare. And that's, you know, that's true. I, we, we see that a lot. And, and I think advisors aren't necessarily trained to incorporate both disciplines, but you're right. As baby boomers age out and as we're advising them, it's going to become more and more and more important. But, and one of the things you touch on in the book is that some people just don't think they're going to be affected by all this. It, really? Why is that? Well, it, it's kind of the same philosophy with long-term care. There's this notion out there or belief that Medicare, for instance, takes care of long-term care costs among a a pretty significant portion of the population. Uh, And while it takes care of a few things, we we all know that it does not take care of the major costs of um, assisted living and and nursing home care. So it's kind of the same area where, you know, I think people are just missing the points there. So in the book, one of the things in the, in the early chapters you talk about to kind of set the table are the three rules of what you call the new retirement. I'd like to talk about each one in turn. You talk about the more you make, the more you pay. 
You talk about Medicare and you also talk about what actually comprises income and that's surprising. So let's, let's start with Medicare. Yeah, you know, I, I think that people, and of course, it's a, a fairly new phenomenon, 2003 is is when Medicare, when the law was passed to begin means testing Medicare, and really very few people were familiar with it. But the, the reality is, is that the government decided to institute a, a program where the more money you make, the more you would have to pay in uh, Medicare premiums. Recently, last year, there was a bill passed that changed those formulas and actually made them more onerous and lowered the uh, income limits. And while I won't go into that in detail, it's such a big factor that people just aren't putting into their, their plans. So that, I think, is the first thing when it, when it comes to that is just understanding that it's not free, and the more money you make, the uh, more you'll pay for that uh, service. And so at the end, what comprises income then? When, if you say the rules were changed, they were made more onerous, they're, they're income-driven, they're means-testing, what kinds of things go into that basket that the government considers, quote-unquote, income? Well, it's pretty much everything. <laughs> it's, okay. uh, they, they use the term modified adjusted gross income, which is, in most cases, almost all taxable income. And even non-taxable income that we you know, are used to with municipal bonds those dollars get added back into the calculation. So there, there really are very few things, income items, that don't impact the Medicare means testing. So before we get into what you call the three holy grails of healthcare planning, let's level set and talk about taxable versus non-taxable. It may not be part of the normal vocabulary for most benefit advisors, but it's important, isn't it? It, it is. And, you know, I think understanding, and this is where we have really tried to to educate both financial advisors and even benefit advisors that are working with group plans because they're the ones who are used to the healthcare conversation. They may not be comfortable with the financial conversation, but they have a perfect opportunity to be setting the table for these employees with the different items that they choose. So I'll give you a few examples of that. I think most people are looking at their 401k as their main retirement savings vehicle. And of course, everybody plays that up because of the tax deferred nature and the tax deductible nature of it, which is great while you're working. But when you're retired and you have to start taking distributions by 70 and a half, those distributions then add to your income in addition to what your social security might be and other income. And that creates this problem with the, with the means testing. So just simple tweaks like having a Roth 401k option inside of a benefit plan, which surprisingly, I think Fidelity does surveys showing that more than 50% of the retirement plans out there don't even have a Roth option. So that's a simple tweak to give people the ability to save money into a vehicle that when you get to retirement and you start taking money from that Roth 401k or the Roth IRA, those dollars do not impact the means testing calculation, and therefore can uh, benefit you when it comes to the Medicare premiums. So the bad news is that it kind of sounds like a catch-22. The good news is that there are things that advisors can talk to their prospects and clients about to help ameliorate that problem. That Absolutely. And I think the other component of it is health savings accounts. Again, a lot of benefit plans don't offer those, although we're seeing more and more that do. But having a health savings account and having a strategy where employees are saving regularly into that, 
as a way to fund for these healthcare costs. When you get to retirement, when you take distributions out of those accounts for healthcare expenses, they also do not impact your means testing or your income. So let's let's dig into that a little bit. It's a section of the book that you call, as I as I mentioned earlier, the three holy grails of healthcare planning. And they're and again, let's take them one at a time. The first one is VIBAs. Okay. So VIBAs are are traditionally found in most government agencies. There are a few corporations. Uh, I believe General Motors uh, has a VIBA that they used for their healthcare funding for their retirees, but you primarily find them in governmental groups, and they're a great tool. And so when we say holy grail, what we're really talking about is a vehicle that you can put money into that's tax deductible on the front end, that can grow tax deferred, and that when you take it out for healthcare purposes is tax-free. So that, that's our definition, and, and so we try to, where we have situations where those are available, encourage uh, our clients to take advantage of that. The second thing is, and you touched on is HSAs, but let's do a little deeper dive because I think HSAs are something that more benefit advisors may be familiar with, may be a part of their regular vocabulary with clients, but how they're used is somewhat different. Yes, and our book talks a lot about the retiree end, and so kind of the what you need to look for at the end. But what we're really trying to stress now is people looking at this when they're in their 40s and 50s. And so take HSAs. They're, they're a great tool, but they're underutilized because everybody's afraid of the high deductible health plan that has to accompany that HSA. So the way the government set things up is that you can't have first dollar coverage with the exception of wellness visits for a health plan that then qualifies for you to put money into an HSA that's tax deductible. So when you're looking at that, a lot of employees just don't take advantage of it because they're afraid of that deductible. So we're trying to re-educate people and help them understand that, you know, for most people in a given year, they're probably not going to spend more than $1,000 on healthcare costs, if even that. But that's the challenge of really getting these vehicles more widely accepted is getting people to understand the risk management of, of the high deductible plans. Well, and it's also part of, you and I talked off air, it, it's also part of, of having advisors think more holistically about all of the things that are in the basket that the employee is, or a client, if you prefer, is dealing with. The third thing that you mentioned is the holy grails is something, again, folks may not be familiar with. Everyone knows about 401ks. You talk about 401hs. What is a 401h and why is it important? So a 401h has primarily been used, again, in the governmental arena, where you had a lot of state and local governments who had defined benefit pension plans for their employees. And 401H is a part of the code that allows them to fund healthcare costs for those employees inside of that defined benefit plan. So in the private sector, where we've really taken advantage of this and and tried to, again, educate small business owners primarily are, are the targets for this. Although, you know, there's a lot of nonprofits who, who might benefit from it as well. But the idea is that the 401H allows you to contribute roughly 25% of the total value of what you put into a defined benefit plan on an annual basis. So if you put in $1,000, $250 of that can go to this 401H account, which can then be utilized in retirement by that retiree or that employee to pay for their health care costs. And again, it's not taxable. So, you know, 
being able to shelter upwards of 25% of a person's income to pay for healthcare costs is, is a significant number. And, you know, it can be used to pay for long-term care. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you can use for those dollars for. So, you know, while it's a niche item, it's a fantastic item for those those businesses that have defined benefit plans or cash balance plans. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. For a long time, it was hard to throw a sock and not hit somebody with a defined benefit plan. Today, you don't see an awful lot of those. They're not the preponderance of everybody's out in 401ks and such. Is that why you said that it's usually more applicable on the private sector in smaller employers? You're yes. Thinking like more closely held corporations? Yes. You know, if you took professionals, lawyers, uh, doctors, dentists are great markets for this, just because, again, they tend to be higher income taxpayers. You know, when you're looking at a defined benefit plan or a cash cash balance, and by the way, cash balance is probably being used more because of its flexibility. It's a little more flexible than defined benefit plans. But if you look at, at those plans, they allow those owners to shelter far more dollars than they could in a 401k plan or even just a traditional profit sharing plan. So that's where this really fits well. They're also used with employers. You know, let's take uh, professionals where they might've spent a good portion of their early career, you know, in medical school and then paying off debts where they haven't necessarily had a lot of disposable income, but in their, you know, early fifties may become the time where now they've got suddenly a lot of dollars that they could contribute to a plan. So that's that's another area where we see this work well. That's a great point. One of the things that I think health advisors or benefit advisors will f- kind of find unique is that you also talk about using annuities as part of the solution. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So, you know, annuities on their own, if you took just a traditional deferred annuity, put money into it, and then took money out, those dollars are going to be taxable as if the you know from an earning standpoint so they do impact the modified adjusted gross income and they can add to that so a traditional deferred annuity in and of itself may or may not be a good fit but we see some deferred income annuities which are now being offered in the marketplace that have exclusion ratios single premium annuities that have exclusion ratios you know the, the exclusion ratios really help offset some of again the taxation that 
could be there with the Medicare means testing tax. And then probably our favorite idea, though, of using annuities is inside of IRAs. Now, all of that's going to obviously be impacted by the fiduciary rule, but we we like to use annuities with income riders uh, inside of our IRAs, and we use a strategy where that particular IRA down the road, it's somewhere down the road, gets converted into a Roth. And so now you're able to convert or you're able to have a tax-free income stream in retirement that does not, again, impact the um, Medicare means testing. So you you talk to a lot of brokers and the question I think that, that some of the folks who are listening might want to know is, how do you make this the transition to being more holistic and including what for a lot of benefit advisors are things that just aren't part of their vocabulary today? What's that thought process like? And also, how do you then go back to existing clients and talk about this? What what's that conversation like? Well, you know, it's interesting. We've we've and obviously you've you've read our book or at least uh, reviewed it. It's been the best uh, piece for us as far as you know working with clients. When they read it, they actually are able to finally understand a lot of this when it comes to healthcare. But I think from the advisor standpoint, you know, the benefits advisor understands this. They're typically get out of the picture once that employee retires. And I think it's just taking and really educating themselves about the impact of what's going to happen to employees. You know, there's, there's probably not a day or a week that goes by that I don't get a call from somebody who's 63, 64 from one of our benefit plans and says, you know, can you help me? I don't really know what to do here. And we we try to be proactive and do presentations to our clients in that area, but it's just so confusing. So I think a benefit advisors would spend the time and and even bring in, you know, some local experts into their their businesses for a lunch and learn and help get themselves and their clients informed about this. The thing that we've been looking at lately is, you know, we all have scarce resources. But our resources typically are better when we're working than when we're retired. And what we do, unfortunately, when we're working is we waste a lot of those resources. And that's, that's employees, but it's also businesses. You know, I can't, we have, we have a lot of clients that will say, we've got to have a $500 deductible health plan. We've got to have the richest plan out there. Well, you know, to us, that's really a waste of resources because we know that the majority of employees are not going to really use that plan. And so you're giving money to the insurance company uh, when you could be changing that up, looking at more of a long-term strategy with uh, health savings accounts. So maybe a little long-winded, but I think it's, it's really getting educated and realizing the opportunities that exist to help your clients, not just when they're working at the employer, but when they're retired as well. Michael, we have about a minute left, and we we frequently like to ask our guests what their vision of the future is. How do you see all of this playing out? And do you see benefit advisors who have, again, traditionally been a more parochial play expanding into this area? And what does that future look like? We do. We matter of fact, we think it's almost mandatory, both for financial advisors and benefit advisors, to be knowledgeable on this. You know, with the fiduciary rule that just came out, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny on what individuals, you know, in our business provide as far as advice and consulting to uh, employees and employers. So we think it's a tremendous opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity in the um, voluntary benefits arena 
to begin to introduce. You know, with technology now, we've got so many ways to provide education and product offerings to employees. So yes, we we do think that as we go forward, this is a tremendous opportunity, but it's going to require educating and and, um, learning more about uh, what happens when people do retire. What's the easiest way for benefit advisors to start educating themselves? I think there's there's obviously Google is a great way to just, you know, look, there's a lot of books out there that talk about this. And I think, you know, certainly we have a firm separate from HR Solutions where my partner on the book, Dan McGrath, works with us, Jester Financial. Jester does a lot of, provides a lot of materials to educate advisors on these issues. And if somebody would like that, they can certainly email me or uh, email you, David, and we can provide them with some of that uh, material or information. Great discussion. Um, Michael Giraldi, Managing Principal of HR Solutions and co-author of the book, What You Don't Know About Retirement Will Hurt You. And we will provide a link for folks who want to purchase that book in the show notes for this episode. Michael, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. David, thank you. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. All rights reserved.